Welcome to the Everything Rad Podcast with your host, Ricky Garvey. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 4 of Everything Rad Podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, on this episode, I had a conversation with Zach Miller of a band called Casual Friday. Um, they're out of Corona, California, and I've actually known Zach for a really long time. Um, probably since he was 15, 16 years old, and it's really cool to see him do his own thing musically. Um, I really love what they're up to, so if you want to check it out, I know the album's on Spotify. It's probably on iTunes as well. Um, if you can, give it a buy and uh, support the band. Um, they are hopefully going to be releasing an album sometime this year, hopefully in the summer. We also talk about what it's like to be part of the uh, local pop punk, power pop, or whatever you want to call it, music scene that's taking over Orange County especially. If you want to check out what these guys are up to, they are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, all as Casual Friday CA. So facebook.com slash Casual Friday CA. Uh, their Instagram and Twitter handle is Casual, casual Friday CA. Um, check them out. Give them a like. Follow them, see what they're up to, and check out a show when they come near you. We also touch on um, a couple of music marketing topics. Um, in this episode, it was really all about building one-on-one connections and networking. Um, a lot of what has happened with the band has really, really come about from networking with other bands up north with no hidden agenda, just really wanting to make friends and uh, build connections. So. I thought it was pretty powerful that there's really no secret formula to do it. It's just really time and uh, perseverance. So we talk, touches on that and talks about that. And um, I thought it was really neat. Um, and then at the end of the show, we say our goodbyes. And then we ended up talking for another 15 minutes. So um, I'm going to include that too. So let's just jump right into it. This is Zach Miller from Casual Friday. Yeah, dude. So, uh, how do you how do you start these things, these little podcasts? Are we already do you like get going as soon as the conversation starts, or? Yeah, it's already gone. <laughs> Sweet. So <laughs> cool. yeah, I, I you know I kind of edited down a little bit, but um for the most part we just yeah. can jump right into it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess just to jump in, I've known you for obviously just since you were a little boy, man, and now you're all grown little up. Boy. It's kind of crazy. Um, how did you first get into playing music? Give me that backstory. Um, where to start? Um, do you want like how I started playing guitar, how I got into like the music scene, or just all of it at once? Well, let's go in because I know you have a pretty rad family. Um, what was it like to grow up? Was it? Did your I know your dad's like in all of your sisters' posts, and he seems like he's a super rad dude. Is he musically inclined at all, or does he listen to any cool? Uh, well, he listens to like. New, I think he listens to like new wave stuff from back in the day. Like he's like real into Devo and stuff. But nobody in my family's ever been like musicianly like a musician or driven to do music. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I, I actually it's funny. I started playing guitar, and then because of like I did a bunch of lessons and wasn't necessarily like enjoying it, and so I like stopped. And then I remember one day just watching Napoleon Dynamite and being like compelled. To learn that song, that uh, the like, I think it's the White Stripes or Jack White. It's like the opening credit song. It's like I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yeah, yeah. So I just like learned that song, and like that was probably like a year or two after I quit lessons. And then I remember I was like, I want to learn more. 
And I don't know if you know Curtis Hansen, but he like gave me like two or three lessons. And then I started playing at the church with Kayvon. And I mean, I learned just by playing with other people mostly. And uh, that's how I learned to play. And then get to play playing live is like something. I know you, you probably know this where it's just like you play music and then one day you're like, well, I want to start like making my own stuff. I don't really know where to start, Yeah, you know, and then you kind of just like go for it. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a crazy rabbit hole you can get yourself into. And you mentioned you were playing at church. Is that South Hills, I take it? Yeah, I started at South Hills. Dude, I was there for a long time. Do you still play there? Uh, no, I've been doing some Saddleback stuff. I'm actually playing in uh, or at South Hills in March sometimes. So it's like the first time I'm playing there like in a few years. So it'll be kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I feel like we have all the... All the same friends, of course, and you've even been over to play yeah. Magic the Gathering and some D and D. So <laughs> I know we've yeah. we wish have that I had relationship too. So but it's like, yeah, so many hobbies. <laughs> I don't know. If you have, do you have that issue? Just like too much stuff to want to do. Oh, that's like, like my like that's my life, dude. I want to be a Magic the Gathering like champion. I want to listen to every single podcast. I want to make my own podcasts. I want to write music. I want to be in different bands. It's yeah. It's crazy. I have it's... the same struggle. I have the same struggle. Too much to love, not enough time. Like too much stuff to do. So. Yeah, and and on that, do you do you find that you you might like spread yourself too thin? It's the it's the fatal flaw, you know. <laughs> and if you know like you meet someone and you're like, "Damn, this person's sick." Like you hang out with them for a while, and then you're just like, "Oh, like damn, like I I'm not saying that like everybody's like that. Like you just get unenthused with somebody after meeting them like after you find out who they really are. But, like, I feel like everybody's got, like, quirks and stuff. That's definitely one of my biggest issues. I don't know, like, because I start a lot of projects and, like, pull a bunch of people into them mm -hmm. to, like, get them going. And then they kind of just, like, either fall short or I, like, get distracted. Um, so if I do plan on doing anything big, it always takes me, like, a really, really long time to do. You know, like, I want to do, like, I want to make, like, a, a documentary on, like, DIY touring and, like, DIY bands. And I've got, like, all this footage and, like, in my room, this giant, like, abstract, like, board of ideas of, like, how I can string it all together. But it's, like, I have to go out and film all these interviews. And then on top of it, like, I edit full-time anyways. Like, mm -hmm. I spend, like, full Monday through Friday editing. So then I'm just like, well, I don't want to edit this on the weekend. I want to go do more photography and music. <laughs> and then, I don't know. There's just so much. So it's come down to like the three things that I focus on generally are like music, photography, and uh, editing. Even though I would like to do more like videography and editing. I don't know. I, I think I'll, down the line I'll find the best way to get the most out of everything without being too consumed by one or the other, you know? Yeah, totally. I think it's just like what I'm saying, like the dream life would, when we're talking about like that dream life, like we were in a minute ago, like the best idea, like idealistic lifestyle for me would be juggling all of those simultaneously an equal amount of time, which I think will like always be a constant struggle, you know? Yeah. Well, you could only <laughs> sleep four hours a day if you really wanted to. You can make it happen. I actually <laughs> tried that. I tried it. I like was sleeping for like five hours a night and then because I like also wanted to do like, I also want to run a marathon. So I like 
started sleeping five hours and then waking up at like five in the morning to go run before work. And like, I still need to learn, I need to learn how to cook, you know, like really well, you know, I'm trying to be like a chef. I just want to be like the ultimate person that I can for me, for me, you know? Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like I'm not trying to compare myself to other people, but just like in general, you know what I mean? Is that, is, I mean, speaking of comparing yourself, do you think that kind of plays a role and you want to do all this crazy stuff is, you see someone else in it. That that's what I do. I'm like that person can pull that off. I want to pull that off. And I see someone else doing something else. I'm like I want to do that. It's uh, I it's got to be some weird personality type that we have. <laughs> We're messed up, man. Dude, I don't know. I, I think I just get inspired, and I'm like, yo, I could totally do that. That's not hard, you know. But then I forget that like those people only live for that. Yeah. You know, like generally, like you when somebody's like, I'm a director, like they don't live to be like. A director, a musician, a photographer, like editor, and I don't know, like podcaster or whatever. They like have this one ideal, like profession, and they will put everything into it. Whereas, like I'm like jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly, story of my life. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then not know. even time. It it comes down to money too, man. Like I. I got really into books, and speaking of cooking, I'm reading Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential, which is freaking awesome if you haven't read it. And then I love comics, and I love records, and I'm like, I don't have the money to do all this, but I want to be like super awesome at collecting records and super awesome at collecting books, and I want to have like limited edition books, and I I can't pull all, all of it off. <laughs> you know, it's like for money and stuff, when it comes to like records, I really like collecting records, but I like I can't remember the last record I bought. It's been so long, because like most of the money that I spend, um, for like art or like just on like stuff that I like to do, always ends up being what I, I like to like think of it like um, tools that provide opportunity. You know what I mean? So if I'm like working and I make a bunch of money. Uh, like I was cleaning pools for a while. I clean pools, you know, make that money and then put that money into something that's going to enable me to like do something else. Like whether it be music, photo, video, I always like think about it as like a tool to get me more money to keep doing what I'm doing. I buy guitars, I buy camera stuff and I buy like, I, I actually just bought a new computer because I need it for video editing, working on like, cause I, we, I like the stuff I work with is like heavy duty, like doc documentary stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it like it's like really CPU and RAM intensive. So I just bought a new computer. I was like, but it's gonna enable me to like keep doing what I like to do and like hope like make money doing it. You know? Yeah, that's so, a good mindset to have and a good uh, philosophy when it comes to buying stuff. Yeah. So I don't get caught up in buying like like I don't remember the last time I went shopping for clothes or records or anything like that. It's always just like I. Uh, enjoy the arts and creating things even i don't know i get, i don't know i hate being like oh, i'm an artist you know i think it's super cliche and lame so well, I, you are I you are though things. you have to like admit it to yourself at one point it's it I, sounds well, lame to say but you are <laughs> i think i, I think you. it's safe to say i like to say that i make things and sometimes i get paid to do it you know what i mean because being like oh i'm an artist like i think art is something that is when it resonates with like I'm a, like a good group of good amount of people like it um reaches into their soul or something I don't know <laughs> yeah. I don't know I don't know I just don't think about it I just make shit and 
if people like it, dope. If not, who cares? I did it for myself and it was tight. Yeah. That's the way you have to look at it too. It's just, uh, at the end of the day, it's for yourself. And if people like it, awesome. If not, if you're having fun with it, that's the way to go. Um, yeah. Let's get into what you're doing now. Um, I know like in the last couple of years, you've jumped from, uh, were you in Zizu first or were you in Kuroshi Boy first? And what is the whole timeline of those two bands and uh, I guess your current band now, Casual Friday? There was, yeah, there was like a, a couple bands that I played in with other friends in uh, Corona, just like small stuff and lots of overlapping men members. And the one group that like most people in Corona know is Zisu. And actually what happened was we changed our name from Zisu to Kuroshi Boy. So like a lot of people say like, oh, hey man, I was just listening to Zisu. And I was like, oh, you were? And then they'll like link me to the demo or they'll link me to whatever. It's like the same band. Just like we decided to change the name because I like, I don't know. I have a really hard time with band names. And I feel like a lot of them are dumb. So we started Z2, me, Evan, Sam, and Case. And then um, we changed our name, put out the record for Kuroshi Boy. started playing a bunch of music. And then um, we were playing like that for a little while. Played like a lot over summer. And um, yeah, you went on we tour, started, right? And, yeah, we went on tour to Florida. And before that, we kind of had a falling out with one of the members of our band. Um, and so, like, we got a new bass player. And then... Um, so I, I wonder that, <laughs> which member it was you had a falling out with. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say names just because I know there's, like, going to be a lot of people that listen to this. If like, And they'll be from Corona, you know what I mean? Yeah, no worries. But I'm just giving you a hard time. I don't know. It's just, like, there's a lot of different opinions on stuff and like it's i don't want to dwell on it too much anyways we just got a new we got a new lineup slightly with our friend vaughn and then we um we are on like this diy label called open door records and they uh hit up this festival for us which is like a diy festival called it's actually called just fest and it was fest 14 so we went out there and we went out with some friends from like the bay area like up north mm -hmm. and uh I was like, it was really, really fun, but it was like really, really rough because like every single night, it, it was like anywhere from like six to 12 hour drives every single day. So I don't know if you, have you ever toured like super far, like cross country? No, I've done California and like Reno. <laughs> that was it. And yeah, the most we had dude. was like an eight hour drive at night. So I, I can't complain yeah. at all. See, eight hours was like a blessing. We were like, sweet, we're going to get there and we can leave in the morning. But like a lot of times we were like leaving like after the show and like pulling all nighters. And I think we had, we had two vans. One of them was like a 16 passenger with like eight or nine people. And then the other one was like, at some points it was an, it was an eight passenger van with 10 people in bags. So we were like, oh my God, rushed, dude. Like I like have never been more uncomfortable at some points, like not showering for like, six days straight and doing all this stuff. And the whole time I was like filming for that documentary I was telling you about earlier, mm -hmm. which I've got like so many, so many hours worth of footage, which I'm still like slowly creeping through watching it all. Um, and so like we did that and it was great. Like we broke even and for like a band that's never gone that far before, like 
it's awesome to come back and say like, oh, we didn't take any money out of our pockets for gas. Yeah, which that's is a, like that's a win. It's dude. crazy. Yeah, it's a total win. So I mean, we we all paid out of pocket for food and stuff, but merch and door money um, did pretty well. And so that was the last time Kuroshi Boy played. Um, just because I think me and Evan, who were like the main writers for the band, both like want to have like creative control, you know. So we just decided. I think that there was kind of like just a mutual understanding that like we were better off pursuing new projects. But I don't think that like I would say that it's over necessarily because there could all like I don't know. I'm sure you've reconnected with musicians that you used to play with, and you like start jamming like a year or two down the line. So that's what I like to think about that as, you know, like, yeah, it's time. It had a time and a place. We played. It was fun. It was great. Um, we kind of want to do different stuff now. So we are both doing different stuff. And so the first week out to that fest was Kuroshi Boy, and we played like six or seven shows. And then Casual Friday did the, the, the shows on the way home. And the reason that happened was because, like, um, the – Evan from Crochet Boy like only wanted to do one week initially, and when we were like, well, I, I was like, well, I don't want to like just go there and fly back. I want to do the week back too. So I like, I was like, you sure you only want to do one week? And he was like, yeah. And then we like, I hit up the dudes in Capital Friday and said, do you want to go to do some shows on the way back from Fest? Because a lot of the members from Crochet Boy and Capital Friday are the same people, so it was we were like just change one or two and. We ended up bringing in a couple extra people, but so we played the shows on the way back, and then once that was like booked, like I didn't want to like say like, oh wait, we can't do it. Once Evan decided that he wanted to go for the second week, and so it was like this weird dynamic. Everybody was like, why is Casual Friday playing the second week, but not the first week? And Crochet Boys playing the first week, mm-hmm. and Fest. It was really weird. Like there's just like a lot of weird overlapping member situations, and like there still is because everybody's playing in like multiple different bands, whether they've. They're based out of Fullerton, Riverside, Corona, L.A., or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we've got, like, a very dynamic friends group. But everybody – I think everybody, like, right now is, like, pretty cool where we're at in terms of how we uh, pick and choose our time with each band, you know? Yeah, totally. And so I know you have, like, connection with a lot of bands or I guess maybe a few bands from up north. How did you kind of build those relationships? I know one band in particular, Just Friends. How did that come about? They just hit me up on Facebook one day. And I think we were actually playing a show together, me and you. I don't know. Um, it was I think it was a My Son, the Birdman show, or, like, I know Dragon Shepherd played, which are a bunch of Corona bands for anybody who doesn't know the Corona scene. Um <laughs> Yeah, it, that was like when it was like popping off for a real quick minute. Yeah, I was at and, Maya's uh, Maya's Cafe in uh yeah. What's that area called? Huh? What's that area called? Not Riverside. Um, oh, Home Gardens. Home Gardens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, the Just Friends thing—they hit me up one day, and I remember I was doing a bunch of shows right before that, and like didn't really want to um do them anymore and but just friends hit me up and i remember seeing the message and being like i don't really want to like book them i don't know them this that but there was like something in me and i was like all right well i'm just gonna check it out like the music if it's good maybe i'll book them and throw them on the show and i like listened to it and i I loved it and i was like damn like yeah like you guys are in like come down and play like i got you and so we played a show there with them and 
it just went over well. It wasn't like crazy. I think we hung out a little bit afterwards, but nothing too much. And then they actually asked us if we wanted to play in Santa Barbara with them. And then just after, I think that's when like things really clicked and we like started getting along with them really well. And then we went up to the Bay to play because they were like, oh, we'll totally get you shows up here. One thing led to another. And like now they're like probably one of our close, some of our closest friends. And like that whole friends group has even grown beyond that. Um, beyond just being like a Corona crew and like Bay Area crew, like we've like networked with bands from like Pomona, Los Angeles, like the Greater Los Angeles area, like Pasadena or um, Arcadia and Monrovia, mm-hmm. and like all these areas, South County, Orange County, um, bands from Portland, bands from Seattle. They kind of like have all met each other because everybody's out actively trying to play shows in different areas and like we share contacts with each other and like are like slowly but surely building up like a scene, I guess. Like, I mean, some of the shows are crazy, man. Like you go to, if you go to a show where it's like one of our band, like casual Friday, just friends. Um, I don't know. I'm just throwing out like hypothetical bands, like crow baby, uh, vibe kill. I don't know. All these bands, like we did one a couple, like a month and a half ago and there's like almost 150 people there, man. And it was like crazy. And not all the shows are like that, you know. I, there's always hit and misses, but um, I think it's safe to say that like the idea or mentality of like what this that scene is is kind of like resonating because everybody's like really close friends, you know. Yeah, totally. So it's more about like hanging out, having fun, than like trying to push the agenda of like, oh, check out my band, you know? Because everybody's like, fuck yeah, your band's sick. Let's rock and roll and like eat Del Taco or something. I, that that sounds like super lame, like pop punk cliche, but that sounds like true. a good time, dude. You can never go wrong yeah, with Del fun. Taco. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. So uh, yeah, I don't know if it was you or the guys from Melted, but I I feel like I've seen a lot of shows happening in Orange County, specifically Santa Ana, and Nick. I I don't know. I feel like I'm so out of the loop. Um, so where can people go if you wanted to point some of the listeners into the right direction to hear what's going on in that scene specifically? Like, how would they find out about it? Um, the best venues, I mean, I, the best venues, in my opinion, because there's not many, like, Corona Riverside venues anymore, unless you know of any that still, like, let people play. But they, the best venues for the shows that we play are usually at VLHS, which is in Pomona. Um, and they're booked by this guy, Marty. And sometimes Aaron from Lauren Records. And occasionally people kind of throw their own shows and just invite friends to play. That's a good spot. Uh, Program Skate in Fullerton uh, is awesome. Like that's We play there like all the time. I think we're playing two shows there next month with Casual Friday. Cool. And then um, Beatnik Bandito is good. Um that one's really, really small, and that was the one where there was like 150 people. I don't know how we fit that many people in there. <laughs> they shouldn't have like worked at all. Like it was such a fire hazard. I was sitting in the back of the venue, like behind just friends, and was like honestly scared that it was like if a fire happened, that I might die. You know. So is, it was like is so that Santa Ana? That's Santa Ana. It's like right by your house. Wait, you live in Santa Ana, right? Uh, I'm in. I'm on the Tustin side, but yeah, I, I tend oh, to, side. to frequent Santa Ana quite a bit. It's right by where I saw you during that one little like day fest That's on right. the street. Okay, cool. It's downtown. It's uh, yeah, it's downtown Santa Ana. 
and it's super small. It's cool. The guy's awesome too. Like he's super stoked whenever we get bands to come through, and he loves it. That's a good spot. Um, I feel like the, oh, the smell. I really like the smell. The smell's kind of like got a bunch of different stuff going on. But sometimes KXLU, the radio station, um, which is like a college radio station, they'll book shows out there for the scene we plan. But they, the smell kind of does a bunch of different stuff too that I don't really know. Um, we kind of made friends with uh, some promoters, particularly one that like books at a place called the Bootleg Theater. Yeah, I haven't I've actually been there. been there yet. You've been there? Yeah, it's an awesome, it's an awesome venue. I saw the Fling there and uh, some of those types of bands, and then John C. Riley happened to be at the bar next to me, so I'll never forget. Yeah, there. <laughs> my this guy I met that books there has been trying. He told me he's like gonna hit us up when he gets a show for us and i know he's he got he actually got us a show at the echo he used to be the talent buyer or the assistant talent buyer at the echo so i like the echo i'm trying to get a show there get us on a show there but like they fucking won't respond yeah <laughs> so it's an awesome venue yeah it was so we played there once as crochet boy and it was like so great it sounded so awesome and we got paid and i mean we get paid generally now but it depends on the show, I think. Yeah. So, but there's so many spots. There's so many good bands. There's so many places to play in like Orange County, LA area that it's like overwhelming. And there's so many different scenes. Like, I like, I mean, I don't even know. Like, there's like the South County, like, punk scene that I didn't even know existed. And they have like 400 kids at every show. And then there's like the burger scene. There's like the, the scene that we play in, like the VHS, like kind of like emo, pop punk, like, a power pop scene or whatever you want to call it and there's just all these different dynamics and so many different people it's like a lot of people will be like man the fucking scene's dead it's like no it's not you're just not looking hard enough like there's so many people playing music you know yeah that, that kind of surprises me when you say south county i you know i work in south county i work in elisa viejo and tend to go to like san clemente and uh like that area quite a bit dana point um are there like active venues out there I don't know if there's active venues out there, but I know there's like a shitload of bands and I, we're actually like really good friends with them. Um, there's like a group called OCDIY run by my friend, Alex Posca, Will Saba and Devin Fuentes. And, um, they're actually like trying to open up a venue and they've raised like a bunch of money and they do a lot of, they've been doing shows at beatnik and, program and all this stuff and they're opening up all these spots oh another spot i forgot to mention is bridgetown bridgetown does more like hardcore stuff but they do stuff from time to time you know yeah and where's that so most that one's in uh la puente la okay. puente or whatever but yeah so most of the venues um besides like the echo and stuff are pretty much like diy venues big venues are sweet like real venues like chain reaction and echo and um constellation room and observatory but they're like a little bit more uh, you have to be playing for a little bit longer as a band and like make the right connections to kind of get in there. Um, just depends on like who you know and if like somebody like who's cool backs you yeah. and can get you in on a show. It's super dynamic and it's like really hard to say for sure where all the scenes are because there's I'm sure there's places that are sweet to play that I don't even know about, you know, and have like their own little clicks and stuff. Yeah, totally. So, I don't. I don't know. I just don't want to say that. Like, 
I'm like the end all be all of like knowledge for all the <laughs> DIY spots because there's so many. It's like impossible to like to comprehend, and that's why it's crazy to me when I like I talk to people and they're like fucking bitter because nobody's showing up to their show, you know, and they're like the scene's fucking dead, you know. It's like no, dude, you're crazy. So yeah, just kind of the right place, right time type of thing. If they're not putting the effort to find the right place and promote yeah. it from their end and put the time and it's not going to work out and they can't complain so well i don't even know if it's just like promoting but like a lot of people who like end up falling into that pit are people who have this like like oh we're going to be a fucking big band you know what i mean and like most of the people that i've been able to vibe with and like found these scenes through are people who i'm like hey your band's sick and they're like hey your band's sick and we end up talking about stuff and they're like oh like you want to come play this show with us like here on this day and i'm like dude i've never even heard of that place i'm like dude it's like the coolest spot ever go there <laughs> rest assured it's like the coolest spot ever and i meet like three other bands there that night that all have different spots and like do house shows and have all their different friends and it ends up being like this like you go you go down this rabbit hole of just people who do shit yeah totally so, well i have a couple more questions for you for you um one speaking of networking and kind of promoting your band what kind of effort do you put into i know marketing is kind of a bad word in, in punk rock but i guess yeah what kind of effort do you put into marketing your shows or your band or do you find that just making the one-on-one -on -one connections and building relationships is the way to go um well i think the number one promotion that you can do is just make good music <laughs> you know i think if you if like you make that good music people will come and, and you can only make that if you're doing it for the right reasons and that's to have fun and i mean other, like like but on a more literal sense of like trying to promote our shows i think we just like i just have an instagram account for casual friday and we post occasionally and i think we tweet sometimes and i bug the shit out of side one dumb records to try and get them to get us to to sign us because we're writing the fucking most epic album of the year they just don't know it yet you know so if you're listening tweet side one tell me um <laughs> hey casual fridays writing the sickest record weekend forever and it's coming out you just don't know it yet actually yeah so that's basically it write good music just kind of social media it up nothing too serious i'm not too worried about it i think if people people will come you know what i mean yeah, you, you really can't if, force if it's it if meant they to like be. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they'll you. like it if they like it. I'm not going to, like, make somebody come because I don't care if people come. I just, like, want to play music with my friends. So <laughs> you mentioned rock a, new, a new album. What's up with that? Woo! It's Weekend Forever, <laughs> man. You like The weekend? I love The weekend. Who doesn't? Take, the, take that idea and you know that moment, like, you get off work Friday, 5 p.m., you're heading home. It's Friday. I'm about to go crazy. Kind oh, of feeling? Yeah. Take that. That feeling forever. That's the album. <laughs> <laughs> well, when can we so, expect this? I don't know, man. It's it takes time to make to, to make masterpieces. You don't want to rush it? Yeah, I don't know. We're just we're just doing our thing. That's like another thing. Like I don't Okay, you're going to get me off going on this a whole huge tangent. <laughs> You know, do you listen to Modest Mouse? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, I want to like paint this picture for you. You know how there's bands like Modest Mouse or like 
Death Cab or whatever. They're like big, massive bands, and they write like an album and say like 2009, and then they don't write an album for like seven years. I know that. Yep. You know, you know how people like big bands do that all the well, time. I had this conversation with somebody, and they were telling me, I was like, "Man, I just want to like write records when they happen, and like I want them to feel like natural." And um, and I was like, kind of like how like Modest Mouse or some big band, like you know, like they just take their time and like they make good music and like people love it. And somebody was like, "Well, you can't do that because like you're not Modest Mouse." And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care if I'm not Modest Mouse or whoever. I just want to write a record that's good and take my time to, like, make something that is, like, valuable to me personally, you know? And if it takes me two years to do that, so be it. If it takes me six months to do that, then it was meant to be. But I'm not going to, like, try and write an album every year or every other year to, like, impress a bunch of kids who I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm writing that for me and like writing the, well, and for like us as a band, like as a group, cause it's like, a, it is a collaborative, um, idea. So it's just, I don't know. I, I just hate the idea that like people will say like, Oh, like when's when, not when the record coming up, but like, Oh, like you better get it out because that like hype train's going to die out because you're not going to catch the wave of like what's cool right now. You know, have you ever like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you hear that all the time, dude, for sure. Try to catch that wave. It's like, I'm not trying to catch any wave. I'm trying to ride my own wave and make that shit, you know? I love it. So we'll we'll leave it with uh, an album coming out when you feel like it, which I, I love. Album, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're Okay, if I'm being real, though, we're trying to get in there like April. But if I'm being realistic, it might be a little bit later than that. That's, I was gonna say April's coming up quick, man. <laughs> Later, than yeah, that would be fine. That's what I'm saying we still need to like we haven't even booked time yet, so it's hard to say. Are you guys gonna record with uh, the infamous Mark Stickney again? Or are you guys gonna go into a? Fancy... No, we're actually gonna. I think we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna we're gonna pay a lot. I want to go with this producer, who's um, our friend's cousin, and he's like he's like an OC producer. He um. He doesn't record any bands that are our our style. He records like indie bands, mm-hmm. and like I almost want to go to him for that sole reason, you know, because like I don't want to go to um, a recording studio for bands that we like have gone to, because it's like, well, I don't want to sound like my favorite bands, you know what I mean? I want to sound like us, and I think the only way that we'll be able to like stand out if we do want to stand out like not that that's a big deal or anything if we do or don't Mm -hmm. but i think the best way to get that is to like find somebody who's got a different idea of like what is good and what's bad so that when we get in there they can be like this actually might not work and here's why (laughs) and like open our ears to something that we may not have realized before because we're going to somebody who likes the same type of stuff as us you know yeah, like that's I, actually I really, really smart of you, dude. I mean, if you, I don't know what you think of the new Refused album, but like, well, I don't really listen to them that, that much. They're like kind of like post-hardcore kind of type stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like legendary hardcore, whatever you want to call it as a genre. But one of the producers on their new album is the same producer that produced Taylor Swift. So 
I think they had that same mindset of like, we want to do what we want to do. We want new ideas. We don't want the same ideas that we've always had. So you kind of want to get some fresh ideas. I agree. Yeah. It's just, it seems like wrong to me to want to like mimic bands that we enjoy, you know, because we're not like being true to ourselves and like just trying to be like, and also it's like, you're like playing into that. I just want to like follow the path that somebody else has followed to success by going to a producer that produced the album of your favorite band or something, you know, like those people generally like the, the rec- record, like the, the engineers won't care about you. I don't know. I have like yeah. a lot of opinions on recording and I have a lot of opinions on everything. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so, can't wait to hear it, man. That's going to, that's going to be really fun. Oh dude. I'm like, I'm unbelievably stoked because it's like we are my favorite band. You know what I mean? You're like the like, uh, the Kanye West of um, pop punk or whatever you want to call the genre. I, I, I want to call it, or well, okay, we're not quite to where I like what I'm gonna say, but the next LP that drops, it'll it will be. I want to be the queen of the DIY scene. You know, that's a that's a high that's a high target, but I have to respect that, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I just want to. I like want to. I want to be the classical power pop band, like cl- with classical influences like piano, like Mozart, fucking Bach, everything. I listen to a ton of crazy shit, so I'm trying to incorporate it all into one over genre. So you're influenced by a whole lot, then. That's uh. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Definitely. Well, this will be out on Sunday, which is uh, the sixth. Do you have okay. any shows coming up? What do you want to promote? What do I want to promote? What do I want to promote, dude? Let me check. I don't even know what our schedule is like. Besides oh, the greatest album of tour. all time. <laughs> we're going on tour. You're going on kind tour? Of. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, what? we're meeting up with Just Friends. We're flying up on the 8th to the, the Bay Area, hopping in their van, and we're going to like Seattle. So that's like next week, next Wednesday. I forgot about that. So you guys are playing up My there? Schedule. I don't know if we're actually like playing. Like, Best Friends is for sure playing all the shows. And then we hit up Sam Kless and Vaughn and Kayvon were already going. Um, so we like, we're like, can we come? And they're like, yeah. And then we're like, hey, there's going to be three out of five of us from Casual Friday. Can we hop on some shows? And Sam was like, I'll see what I can do. And I think he's getting us on some of the shows, not all of them. I don't know where they where the dates are or anything. It's like real, real unorganized on my end and like the casual Friday end. We're kind of just rolling with the punches. Yeah. And if we play some shows tight, if we don't, we're going to be in a van for 10 days driving around, having fun. Yeah, know? either way, you can't go wrong with that. That sounds awesome. Yep, nothing like that. And then, yeah, and then we come back on the 17th and I get to go back to work and Make more dope shit. Nice. Well, you are living the dream, it sounds like, man. Close, but not quite. <laughs> Working towards it. Well, before yeah. we go, um, where can people find out what you guys are up to? Um, cat On Instagram, I mean, if you're like on Instagram and you like care about Casual Friday, uh, Casual Friday CA. That's, that's all I got. Well, I'll find the, the proper links and put it on uh, when I release this, but... Um, Dude, that was an awesome chat. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, man. 
and uh, we'll we'll schedule when you guys are back in town. At least me and you can uh, play some magic or some D and D, and we'll get Mark to be the dungeon master like old times. Yes, I'm in. Definitely down. All right, man. Well, thanks again, and uh, have a fun time up north. And I am looking forward to your album. Sweet, dude. Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, cool. Wait up. Are you leaving now, or is that like, can we just like cut it? And like, I got a couple questions. So that was that conversation. Um, really awesome things being said by Zach, obviously. Um, that 40 minutes really just flew by. We try and keep these down to about 20 minutes, but I really, I really couldn't cut off what was being said. There was a lot of, lot of important and cool stuff, and it was a blast to catch up with Zach. Um, so we said our goodbyes. And we actually kept talking for about 15 minutes. So um, let's just jump into that. And then when it's over, it's over. But I um, thought there were some really cool things in here as well that we ended up touching on. So this is the, uh, the bonus conversation with um, Zach Miller. Finding that one group that like resonates with you, if you're lucky, to be able to, to, lucky enough to find it, you know? Yeah. So and I don't I don't know if it was just that you know, I, I'm I how old are you right now? Twenty two. See I'm I'm twenty eight, so I have like six years on you, but I feel like that six years makes all the difference because in high school there was I mean, yeah, you had MySpace, but I don't feel like that's where I was learning about all these shows. So I think it was just and there was no texting, so I have no idea how I figured out like, oh, there's a show at South Hills this week and it's like all these hardcore bands. I have yeah. no idea how I, I knew about it. And I have to imagine it's somewhat similar to these shows happening. Like I'll use Santa Ana as, exa- as the example, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's a balance of your, you know, your inner, you're out and you know, the right people that'll tell you the show's going on or yeah. you catch I mean, the, the Instagram post that that's in your feed. <laughs> but yeah, people you, you follow. Honestly, you just have to see it at the right time. Cause sometimes it's like, and if you're actually paying attention or if you're just like scrolling to like mindlessly like entertain yourself. That's the you know? thing too. I think Facebook, I, I, the, I would honestly be off Facebook right now if it wasn't for shows, you know, like that's the, like the only reason I am on it is so I know when like, like I get a notification that like so-and-so booked this show on this day, like in a month. If I didn't have Facebook, I could probably wouldn't go to as many shows as I go to right now, which is not that many. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think it's that you're out of the loop. Like, because honestly, like, I'm out of the loop. You know? Yeah. In, like, in um, relation to how much stuff is going on. And there's there's so many different spectrums. I don't know. It's, I could go forever, man, honestly. It's about weird. How <laughs> it, is. it is crazy. You keep going until you meet somebody who you resonate with. And then, like, all these doors start to open. And then, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's something to be said, too, that you weren't actively looking for that door to be opened. You, it, And then again, it didn't just fall on your lap after you put out an EP. Like, you put in the hard work. So it's yeah. back to a balance again. It's the total balance of the hard work and then right, you know, right place, right time, right, place, right people. Yeah. But you did meet them because you're putting in the hard work. So it's kind of like... You know, yeah, which one is it at the end of the day? Like, thing, so. Do they exist within like a mutually exclusive world or are they are they 
independent of each other, those opportunities. But you know what they say, luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? They do say that, and I agree with them too. So, Yeah, totally. Um, and so. speaking of Facebook, do, do you guys, do you still find that you uh, you get some, uh, like a good response when you invite people to shows? Is that part of your strategy still? Or, or I know Dude, you I kind of mentioned. No, I don't even think so, honestly. Like, because we have like a, our, uh, our group of friends has like a, 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 a group chat that has like 17 people in it. Mm-hmm. And we just like, it's like all of our closest friends. And that's why when I'm saying like, we just like play a show and if people come, they come. But we will tell our friends in like a group chat, like, hey, we're playing a show here. Like, get as many people to come as possible. And like, when we do well, like, all those people actually do bring like three or four people each, you know? And like, what is that? What is the, what is the math? It's like 50 like people, dude. Just by yeah, exactly. that. that's crazy. You know? And then, but the thing is, is like, we try and be inclusive to all those people, almost like how a church would do it. Like, you meet, you bring those people, you meet those people and hang out with them and like actually want to like start a conversation and like be friends. And then like, it's just, it's slowly growing. And that's why I'm saying, was saying earlier, like we play these shows and like when nobody was like caring, like a couple years ago, like now so many people care when just friends casual Friday and like melted all play together, you know? And it might not be like we're selling like 200 tickets. Some nights we'll, we would sell like 70, like 70 people will come. But that seventy is better than what we were doing like a year and a half ago. Totally, that that's a total win. So, and that's what's funny. Yeah. I I do get asked questions like as far as like some music marketing stuff and like how to market your band and really like my philosophy lately when it comes to music marketing is like you're not gonna build relationships and like long term fans by like Facebook posts and Instagram posts. It's like you're gonna have to be out there making one-on-one connections and like actually making friends. I mean, people are so used to seeing these posts and they just don't buy into them anymore, dude. Like there's no amount of like advertising that can buy a fan. It's really the one-on-one stuff. And like you mentioned, you're doing church like philosophy and connections, but you're doing it the right way where you actually care about um, these people you're meeting. So yeah, it's off to you, man. (laughs) You figured it out. And then rocking out and making good music. Yeah, because you're, then, not gonna, yeah. you're not going to be able to if, – if you don't do it for the right reasons, you're not going to be able to understand that philosophy. And yeah. that's what it comes down to, I think. A lot of people just like – they can't understand like, oh, well, why aren't they going to come? Well, you don't give a shit about them. That's why they're not going to come. And they see right through it. <laughs> exactly. Glad you feel me on this, dude. Because I tell people like that are like, oh, how do I do something good? I'm like, well, stop caring. And then you'll do good stuff. You know? I mean, if you're you're doing the podcast every month or whatever, you don't give a shit if people listen to it. I'm sure you're just doing it for fun. If you keep going, like, man, I guarantee you'll get, like, I don't know. It's like time plus you go for six years. And then one day you're just going to have one episode that pops off. And, like, fucking podcasting is your job now. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) That would be crazy. But, I mean, you, you don't get that opportunity if you stop now. Yeah, and then that's, I think you nailed it right there too, where I'm not looking for that, obviously, but, and I think that's how you have to treat your art, for for one, to keep you sane, and then two, to keep you honest with why you're doing it too, so I, I love what you just said, that's awesome, it's so true. Dude, fuck me up, fam, let's fuck do it hard, up, do it good, make some good <laughs> shit. So. For sure, dude. 
All right. Well, I got like work to do. All right. Get back to work. Right now. Like, yeah, I'll let you know when it's finished. And uh, thanks again, dude. That was a that was a great chat. Yeah, dude. Let me know if uh, you guys are playing soon, so I can come party. That would be fun. I will do. Cool, man. Well, freelancing lifestyle is all about fake it till you make it. <laughs> totally. That that's the secret sauce right there, man. That's uh, that's the yep. Thank you for listening to the Everything Rad podcast. For more information, visit www.rickygarvey.com.